everyone, it's been a while, but welcome back to the BISP podcast. Today I'm joined by Mrs. Cockrell, the head of music. So we're going to be talking about music and the department here at BISP. Morning, Miss Cockrell. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Awesome. So can you tell us about your musical beginnings, I believe, in Australia? Yes, you believe correct. Yes. So when I saw your questions, I was having a good hard think about this one. And it's a bit of a funny story. So when I grew up, lots of people on the street where I grew up played the organ. It's a bit of a 1980s instrument. Mm -hmm. And I got a hand-me-down one. So they used to go like from one house to the next as people upgraded their instruments. So that's how I started learning. There was a teacher nearby. We all learned from the same teacher. Um, And then I think Lucky Break, where I come from in Queensland, they have... Uh, an instrumental music program in schools, which means that anyone in a state school can learn a musical instrument for free. Uh, It's part of the school curriculum and you basically, a little bit like here for primary, I guess, you come out of your regular class and you have your half hour lesson on whichever instrument it is that you've been chosen to play or you'd like to play. Mm -hmm. So for me, I really wanted to play the clarinet, um, but I had really bad teeth and I knew I would have a lot of orthodontic work. So I ended up playing percussion and I just stuck with it. So that was in year five, I started learning percussion and I was still doing orga- this organ. <laughs> like the daggiest thing ever, but it was quite fun. And then I kept going with that all the way through high school, both of those instruments. So percussion is a, a lot of stuff. I had um, a little glockenspiel first off and then I got a little tabletop xylophone um, and snare drums and these types of things. And I would just sort of progress and, and practice that way. So the thing I liked about percussion versus organ or piano, so I did a bit of both, was that you got to play in a band. And to me, that was the fun part of it. So I really enjoyed that. So yeah, that's how I started learning um, and just kept going. Interesting. And uh, in Australia, this, is, this question is kind of for my benefit. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you ever play the didgeridoo? Uh, no, I didn't. No. Um, it's quite hard to play the didgeridoo. You need to learn a technique called circular breathing. So basically Mm. you can blow out and breathe in at the same time. Mm. I've never managed it. Uh, It's quite difficult. I've been able to teach students to circular breathe, but I've never been able to do it. So no, I haven't played didgeridoo. And it's not kind of a widespread thing, I would say. Um, So I wish I had, but I haven't. And for our listeners that are unfamiliar with what a didgeridoo is, can you just explain briefly? Yeah, so it's a traditional Aboriginal instrument and it's made from uh, a hollowed out uh, log, not a very big log, so it's usually, I don't know, about maybe as round as an orange roughly, Um, and they've been eaten out, the inside's been eaten out by termites, so it's the outside shell of the log, so it could be differing lengths, but usually... It would make it from a standing position to the ground, I guess, roughly, around about. Um, And then there's beeswax around the top of the log, so you can kind of seal that around your mouth and and make this kind of buzzing noise to make the the sound in the didgeridoo. And what they do on the didgeridoo, really, is they often replicate animal noises from the Australian bush, so things like kookaburras, that kind of thing they can shape the way that they make the sound in the instrument. It's really mm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A profound knowledge to be able to do that, especially yeah. so long ago. 
Yeah, yeah awesome. It is really cool. So you were talking about uh, your beginnings in music with percussion and the organ, yeah. which I think is very cool. <laughs> um, how did you actually come to love music? Uh, I really do think it was that sort of um, community of being together with other people my age making music together. So like I said, the organ was fun and I quite liked playing it and you can play, obviously you've got your two hands and your feet on the pedals and you can play songs and it is really quite fun. But the thing I really enjoyed was that sort of community feeling of making music with lots of other people. Mm. So I was in a concert band from pretty much as soon as I started learning at high school and then lots of the opportunities that I got to sort of progress in music all came through band situations. So things like going on tours with bands or trips, um, getting uh, into honours ensembles and that kind of thing. Um, I think at university we went to Hong Kong on a band trip. So we got to travel quite a lot mm. uh, and it was just, I don't really think you can replicate that feeling apart from singing in a choir quite I would say very similar mm. of that sort of visceral feeling that you get when you make music with other people and you do a good job it's mm. immediate feedback and for me it's not really about the audience so much it's the feeling that I get when I perform with other people so yeah you do get it in choir you get it in band and you don't actually have to be that progressed if you know what I mean you don't have to be that sort of advanced to, to kind of get there it's just mm -hmm. that fun feeling that you get so yeah I, th I think that's what it was that really sort of encouraged me to keep going mm. I know that I tell <laughs> lots of parents and students that of course I wanted to stop doing my lessons I think there's not a single student in the universe who hasn't had this thing where they think oh, I don't want to really do my piano lessons anymore or I don't want to do my percussion lessons anymore Thankfully for me, my parents didn't let me quit <laughs> yeah. and I just kept going and it, it kind of goes in waves, you know, like you get over the hump of the difficult thing that you're trying to learn mm. and then it's fun again and then you learn another new thing and you can sort of implement that and that, that's quite fun. And then ultimately for me, you know, if you can pick up a piece of sheet music and play or play along with other people, I think you've kind of hit the jackpot. So mm. yeah, that's what I really like about it. Yeah, it's a good, music is a good way of teaching all kinds of people perseverance, isn't it, and resilience. I think um, discipline is one, because often you practice on your own, and then resilience is another one, because yes, there will be tough times. It's a bit like learning any new skill, you know, if you're learning a new sport or trying to get better at something, there are hurdles, there's always hurdles, but it's how you approach it, and that approach that you take, you can take other places as well, so I think it's been a helpful thing for me, you know, to, to have those skills if there's been, t you know, trouble that you've faced and you think, okay, how can I actually approach this issue? Mm. Um, but yeah, there's lots of, I think there's lots of benefits to learning music and the way you learn it and then what you can actually do with it. For sure. And you said what you can do with it. You can make friends and go on tour, as you said. You know, it can be a really great way of making a foundation for your life. Yeah. Do you, would you say that was the case for you? I think for sure, for me. So I've uh, I started teaching a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously I've taught lots of different places and that's because of this job. I've also done things that's not teaching, so running education um, departments in orchestras, for example, and that's seen me go overseas as well. So I've worked with um, the New Zealand Symphony and the Queensland Symphony. But, yeah, it's, it's been 
the kind of basis of all the things that I've been able to do has been because I learned how to play an instrument genuinely mm. so I wouldn't have traveled without that I wouldn't have these kind of amazing jobs working in great locations without that as the basis for it mm. and I just feel like I've been incredibly fortunate that I've had um, you know opportunity and support to do that so initially through my parents supporting that process and then Obviously, I've, I'm now married, so my husband's supporting all these crazy moves everywhere. Um, but it's always come back to music all the time. So, mm. yeah, it's really interesting. Mm. And would you say the feeling of creating music compares to that of receiving it, listening to it? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Yeah, I think you can get the same... Oh, can you? I feel like you can almost get the same feeling at a live performance as you do when you're creating. But I think there's just like maybe a little sparkle that you don't quite get when you're in the audience because it's it's not the thing that you've made, if that makes sense. So if you've contributed to a performance with lots of other people, you've brought that little bit of something that maybe you don't quite get in the audience. But it is one of the great things about working at the orchestra when I did that for quite a while was going to performances with these incredible musicians and I mean incredible musicians and just sort of receiving that I don't know wash of sound and once a week they'd have a concert and you'd go along and it would be various types of music from different eras and all of you know period time periods and different soloists but it was always the same that feeling of being surrounded by sound and I don't really think you quite get even with amazing headphones or you know a great sound system you don't quite get the same body feeling as you get when you're in a live performance space mm. but yeah I th they're almost the same I mean if you can't make music you might as well go listen to music Mm, beautifully said. I, say, yeah. I love how you mentioned that spark yeah. of, of when you're creating it yourself. That's inspiring. Yeah, yeah I love yes. how you mentioned that. I think that's really the spark of passion which drives you to make music. Yeah. Mm. But when it comes to you listening to music, oh yeah. In, <laughs> in what order would you rank opera, yeah. classical, or pop? Oh, it's really hard, you know. So I feel like I can't really rank genres of music. Because there's a time when you feel like each of these types of music. So if I'm driving into work, I will listen to Phuket Island Radio. I'll get my fill of pop for the day. And then, you know, if I'm somewhere that has live performance, I will seek out opera, mm -hmm. probably less than classical. Or for me, I would say orchestral music. I would kind of choose that over opera. But I, I like the genre of opera because it's kind of like musical You've got the whole thing. You've got pit musicians and you've got stage and costume and acting and mm. song. So they've all got their place for me. Um, if I'm cleaning the house, I'll go for a certain type of music. <laughs> um, if I'm doing exercise, I'll go for a different type of music. It, for me, it's about the thing that's accompanying it rather than the genre of music itself. There's not one I would rule out. Mm. Yeah, there's thing I really like hip-hop, listen to a lot of hip-hop. So there's like... Yeah, just it. what does it go with? That's how mm. I kind of pick the music. <laughs> mm, I see. So you kind of pair the music with what's going on the in the activity, moment. The activity, yeah. The activity. Exactly. The mood. Yeah, yeah the mood. So, mm. yeah. And 
Obviously, sometimes you might really feel like you just need a really cheesy, juicy musical in your life and then a cheesy, juicy musical can be found. And then, you know, sometimes you might want to listen to something nostalgic. You know, you might want to listen to some 90s music. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love, I love the 80s music. Yeah, so 80s, Wonderful. for me, 1980s music. Uh, I used to go to the roller skating rink every Saturday. Oh my God, that's so cool. And so for me, that's what that music is. It's roller skating music. And then in the 90s, I was at high school. So that was kind of like teenage angst music. Lots of stuff on CD in the 90s for me. And then, um, yeah, and then from there, I guess. So yeah, any type of music is good music Mm. for me. Wonderful. I can just dream about that. <laughs> roller Think skating about the roller scene skating. for now. I think I was born in the wrong era, to oh. be honest. I think really like, uh, you know, a fluoro, fluoro sock, a roller skating boot, a rah-rah skirt. There's nothing not to like about the 80s. <laughs> yeah, an awesome decade, even though I wasn't alive. Yeah. Uh, bringing the focus back to BISP, mm. what would you like to do with music here? Yeah, I've got one thing that sort of drives all the decisions I make here and that is, is what the students are doing in class going to give them the skills and the opportunity to make their own music and sort of have fun with music? Mm. So for me, I'd love to see loads of students in IGCSE and IB Music studying it, but actually it's more grassroots than that for me. If if when students leave BISP, whenever that is, you know, if they're here for a year or two years or 10 years or however long, if they can take away this feeling of enjoying music, for me, that's a win. So if they can play it even better, but if they can just appreciate listening to music, very happy with that as well. So that's Mm. driving all the decisions that get made. Is this something that is providing the skills that they need to enjoy and access music as they grow and, and mature. Mm. And we have a lot of musicians here at BISP. We really do. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is BISP's musical strength? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So there's lots of opportunity here. That's one of the things that I really like. So, you know, I was talking about how I got to learn an instrument in grade five, and that was a really cool thing. Well, all of our students here learn instruments in class music you know they're either learning recorder or violin or they're learning concert band instruments or they're learning rock band instruments so I think there's a lot of opportunity for students here to kind of explore and then maybe pursue the things that they've enjoyed the most so I think that's a real strength of the school and also that kind of um, community music making spirit is alive here Mm. so teachers will get together and play music and students will get together and play music and hopefully soon we can have parents getting together and making music back on campus now that they can come back again. So it's just that sort of sharing of music making experience I think is so important. Um, And also one of the things that I try and sort of say to students when they finish maybe in year nine and they may not be studying music after that is to keep involved if you want to make music do it you know if you want to come to concert band come along if you want to come and jam with your pals in the practice rooms come along and and do that if you want to go listen to music do that as well not so many opportunities for live music here but as we know there's more opportunities to travel again so that there will be people moving around and Mm -hmm. having those chances again which is awesome yeah 
Would you hope to make more opportunities for live performances here at BISP? Yeah. Hopefully next year? I think it looks like next year there will be much more chance for that. And actually, I think we've done pretty well this year as well. Considering the restrictions that have been around, you know, we did a lot of live performances in the 12 days of Christmas. We had a mm. great pantomime, we had a great Shakespeare festival with lots of people together for that. So we've had lots of performing arts opportunities across the year, despite all odds, really. And there's more planned for next year. And some of those things that I think are really important, like going on a trip to make music with other people are all yeah. coming back. So it's exciting that it is resuming mm -hmm. and <clears throat> that students will get that chance that you know they've missed over the last few years with mm -hmm. um, just the difficulties that everyone has faced. But you know it's coming back and I think it's gonna be exciting next year. Mm. A grand renaissance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also just that sort of like relieved feeling of we are gonna be able to get back to more mm. normality and help students sort of find their passions. There's things in the calendar for next year like Battle of the Bands and showcase performances and obviously there's our high school musical in December and there's lots of stuff coming. Mm. Um, more opportunities for people to travel and visit us which is awesome and us to go see other artists which mm. is really cool. So yeah, it's exciting. I think it's awesome. Mm, yeah, and I think that period of pause where everybody was faced with difficulty, like you said, we won't say that word. No. But I think it made us grateful for everything that we started to miss out on, like all of those live performances, especially for music and drama students, perhaps. Yeah, so I think it's really great that it's coming back. Slowly. It has been a challenge, right? So, mm. you know, trying to make a dramatic performance when everyone is on a Google Meet or yeah. <laughs> to make a live music performance when people are not physically together, it's an extra layer of complexity. And also that feeling that you get when you make music or you act with other people you do miss it it's not you can't replicate it and I think what we've found you know through this period of doing quite a lot of stuff online is that some things we can do quite a good job of and other things are really much more challenging to make uh, like a real life experience and we did we've done it amazing I think um, in terms of what we've been able to do but it's still it's not quite there is it you know, they, if I could it's just coming. sort of wave a magic wand and make no lag <laughs> on a Google Meet so that people could make music together, that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, the technology is not quite there yet, but, um, but I think it's getting better. And also, I guess a positive from, from having all this stuff happening online is that there's now a lot more offered online. Mm -hmm. So you can access artists and, and like behind the scenes stuff that I really think was not very accessible before. So there's been this real shift to kind of more open, yeah, just having more open access to things that used to be a bit more behind the curtain in performing arts. Mm. So it's quite interesting. Mm. They've really bring performing arts to the digital platforms and yeah. it's good for people who can access those live like arenas or settings. Yeah, mm. it's a, it does provide access to performing arts for more people. And I think that's definitely a positive thing. Mm. I'm glad we turned it around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So bringing into a context of curriculum, mm. why is music so important? Yeah, it's a really interesting one, music. So 
it's kind of left brain and right brain at the same time. There's all sorts of things happening in your neurons when you make music. There's fun kind of adrenaline things happen and, um, you, you know, the warm fuzzy feelings and also the scary feelings when you're going to put on a performance and you feel a bit anxious about that. But also just things like executive function for students, you know, the discipline and the resilience and the planning and cooperating with others, you know, making decisions together, um, being able to divide beats up into subdivisions and work out how things go together if you're making a composition or um, working out, like at the moment, the Key Stage 3 students are playing in rock bands, so they're working out their song and which instrument they're going to play and how they're going to play that instrument and how it all fits together with four or five or six of them in a room. Um, there's just so many skills that you learn making music or learning about music that are transferable to other situations. And I think that's the real strength of it. Um, you know, learning, I mean, I think it would be fair to say that most students get some anxiety or some sort of anxious feeling when they need to perform in front of others. And learning how to manage that is amazing life skill. You know, if you're in a job interview, you may feel that same feeling. If you're um, making a presentation for a pitch, you may feel that same feeling. If you're doing a university interview, you may feel that same feeling. You know, it's how to overcome that in one situation and then take it somewhere else mm. is the thing that I think is really valuable about music. And also that, you know, it's that happy, fun, fuzzy, warm feeling uh, is something that everyone sort of really needs in their life, I think. For me... I don't think it's a really balanced approach to have a very academic focus and nothing else around that because all the soft skills that go in music or sport or lots of other areas are really valuable as well. So it's kind of getting that nice balance of an active, healthy lifestyle, some really good focused academic work and then also that, you know, the skills that you would get from the arts as a package, those three areas are really important and they all complement each other. So we're just like a part of the puzzle, I think, of what a really nice, healthy life looks like. Mm. So you mean to say that music really re-establishes the balance in our lives and also gives us a lot of skills, not just for our other school subjects, but for the you know greater world outside these walls yeah. of school. <laughs> Yeah, I so. think it's I think it's quite accurate to say that the skills that you would learn on a sporting pitch or in a music classroom or in a band room practicing together, they're important skills for your whole life. And they're the sorts of things that if you can actually kind of cement them in your adolescence, mm -hmm. um, you can move forward with a lot more confidence, I think, and um, and just present a really good version of yourself to others so yeah so we've talked about one side of the benefits is you know providing us with skills for life may music also be therapeutic yeah yeah really? well there's um there's a whole line of work called music therapy uh you can study this at university and it's a really interesting area of kind of i guess science and arts bound together so often um, in Australia at least they have music therapists in hospitals and they use 
music in that case is a kind of diversion therapy. So it might be that we've got Burns patients that have, um, they're having like skin graft dressings change, which is incredibly painful. And we'll have the music therapist in the room singing mm-hmm. along with the, uh, the patient, trying to kind of, I don't know, divert or take their mind off um, what's going on there. You also, music gets used a lot in more elderly people and like Alzheimer's um, patients, trying to help them with speech or um, remembering. Often people can remember and sing songs when they're having more difficulty remembering short-term uh, recall kind of things. So music, apart from those quite specific kind of uses, I suppose, uh, is a really nice tool to use widely. It, it's also often the pe- thing people turn to when they're having a bad day, you know, mm. on a more basic level, yeah. something to listen to or something to grab onto. You might have a favourite artist or a favourite song or a favourite lyric that you really like to kind of you know you feel you need at a certain time so in terms of music as a therapy yes it can be used in these kind of different applications but also on a personal level people often just connect with music mm. it's something that artists. we can resort to yeah when times do get rough as they can often do yeah yeah and also s- like there's so much access now you know if you wanted to listen to any genre, any artist, any style, it will be on YouTube or Vimeo or Spotify or Deezer or Tidal or somewhere. Like it will be on SoundCloud. It will be somewhere. Yeah. If you want to find an artist, you can find them pretty much anywhere online, which is, I think, amazing and often free. Um, it, you know, really wasn't that. You know, back in the in the eighties, <laughs> to get your cassette tape and record off radio the song that you really liked because it might not yet be available on cassette or, you know might not have come out on CD a bit later in the 90s. But now that you've all got these listening platforms, job done, no problem. You can make playlists, it's really easy. It's really easy to access music. So I think that's been quite, you know, maybe great for us listeners and maybe not so great for artists in terms of the way that they can make their living. But um, for sure it's given more access to more people for loads of different types of music. Mm. Yeah, And for you know, the students at the school, would you say that listening to music, making music, no matter what, like it can, it can be healing and can help us during periods of struggle? Yeah, I think it's definitely good in when people are stressed or like I said, you know, you might need different music for different applications, Um, but you can find the thing that you like. And I don't think it's unfair to say that there's a lot of students in their downtime they would choose to put headphones in and they will most of them be listening to some kind of music um or a podcast i mean why not but yeah maybe a podcast about music exactly (laughs) um so you know that that's been a real you know uh wireless headphones lots of people use music to kind of de-stress at the end of the day or when they're traveling places when they just need like a little bit of their own space that's the mm. thing they turn to, and it, it, it's something that connects with us. Mm. Nicely said. Um, and bringing back to the school context again, and as we offer um, many woodwind instruments and mm. brass instruments in years, from year seven to yeah. year nine, I believe, yeah. um, if a student was having trouble deciding which one to choose, mm. how might you guide them? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things. So... I always say go for the one you like the sound of because you're going to hear it quite a lot. 
Mm. So thinking about, I like the sound of this clarinet versus this trumpet or whatever. But there's a bit more science to it than that as well. So we have to also see, can your fingers reach the keys? Or if you've got a trombone, have you got long enough arms to get the slide into seventh position? Or maybe if you've got an overbite, it's quite hard to play on the trumpet. So there's some physical things that we need to be aware of. So we don't want to put a student in a situation where they pick up an instrument that they love and they can't be successful on because they've got a physical limitation and that just won't be helpful. Um, so we've got to be aware of that. But also, what do they actually like the sound of? And it's interesting, you know, you'll get parents say, I really want my son or daughter to learn music and what should that be? And often it's age dependent as well. You know, if they're young, maybe if they're in primary school, they are not going to be able to play wind and brass instruments. It's why we start them in year seven. They're not physically big enough to do it. So that's why you find a lot of students learning things like piano or they've got a keyboard at home or they learn a half-size violin. Um, it's just, it's physiology of, the sh you know, how big the students are. Um, and often they'll, they might move on from that. They might stick to that instrument or they might move on. I think if you talk to a lot of professional musicians, they have almost all of them played something else before the instrument that they ended up settling on. Mm. Um, but basically, all music is good, <laughs> is what I would say to parents. You can't really make a wrong choice. Um, so long as the, the student is really enjoying the process, then I think you're on a winner, basically. So there's no... There's nothing, there's no wrong thing. I would also say sometimes there's a lot of switching out really early. Like somebody might play a, a piano for six months. It's not really long enough to get to know much about the instrument or how to play it. So sometimes a bit of perseverance, I would say, is, is a good trait to have as well. But in general, if you like the sound of it, if you can physically play it, then I think it's a good choice. Mm. And when you go through those rough patches, that might not be the be-all and end-all. That might just be a part of your journey. So that's not necessarily a good indicator of when it's time to change instrument. Yeah, I would say that. Like, So the, probably the worst thing that can happen is, and every musician or everyone who ever learns a new skill gets this hump. You know, you get, I call it a speed bump. You get a speed bump and it's how you deal with a speed bump. It might take you a week to master that. Thing, whatever it is it might take you a month to master that thing when I was learning organ I remember this is quite easy song called Largo I couldn't play it I just couldn't do it for a long time and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to quit it was Largo's fault um, but I wasn't allowed and I kept going and I persevered and I could eventually obviously I could probably play it with my eyes closed now but at the time it felt like an insurmountable challenge and that's what music can be um, but it's when you get to the other side of that speed bump, you think, hey, I just got to the other side of that speed bump. That's pretty good. I wonder, you know, what's going to come next kind of thing. And that's the learning there that we have to get students through, I think. It's all about that reassurance and, um, you know, positive feedback and sometimes your mum saying, no, you can't quit. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it comes down to something as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for a student co considering a career in music, would you say that's your advice for them as well, the speed bump? What would be your oh, advice? Oh, yeah. So a career in music is a tricky one. So I remember um, work experience. 
So for my work experience in year 12, which is my final year of high school, I went to the army band. So it's a full-time job, paid position, playing in a concert band. I thought it was a dream come true, couldn't be better. And I went for a week and um, the advice of a lot of the people there was, a bit harsh, if you like music, maybe this job is not the right job for you. And I think their feedback was because when you're in these kind of ensembles that exist, like an army band or an orchestra or any kind of bigger ensemble, choir, big choir, you don't get much say. So you don't get to say what songs you play. You don't get to say what conductor you work with. You don't get to say, you know, what hours you're going to work. You don't get sort of much influence over a lot of the musical decisions and lots of musicians like that (laughs) so that was their feedback to me it was like if you like this maybe don't do this job and I thought huh that's really interesting but what I would say is there's so many paths now into music and lots of them yeah there's so many people that make music at home on their laptops they uh they build like EDM tracks or they record at home um or they play music with their pals or they study music and then go into a different field and they just sort of take that with them. There's lots of medical students who are also musicians. It's really, there's no end is what I would say. So if you're interested in music and you want to pursue it in whatever form, whether that's higher study or just carrying on with listening to it or carrying on with making it, all of these are good choices. For me, I did a music degree. I really wanted to be a teacher, so I did a music degree and an education degree at the start. Um, I used to teach percussion, so like our Perry teachers here, that was my first job. Um, I was trained for teaching classroom primary and secondary. I spent quite a long time teaching primary music, um, quite a long time teaching secondary music, quite a long time working in orchestra. It's always been sort of music-related, and they've all had their own charm, you know, like mm. that I think there is a lot of job mobility now and it doesn't what you study is not for life anymore. It's the thing you're interested in that you'd like to pursue and then you may change your mind or change tack down the path and nothing that you've done before is a waste. It's not lost. It's still the it's still a part of who you are. So my advice would be if you're really interested, go for it. There's a lot of opportunity. Um But even if it's not higher study, if it's some other form of being engaged with music, that's awesome as well. Mm. I I like that one thing. I think what I understand is that what you set out for in the, you know, in the first place is not necessarily where you're going to end up. You'll never just end up somewhere, right? It keeps branching off and you keep coming to different conclusions about what you want to do. And that's okay, isn't it? I think it's absolutely the way that things are now. And I think... Possibly my parents' generation um, had uh, a really clear path of schooling and then higher education sometimes and and a career or a job, you know, either way. And it was very clear and it was the thing that they did for a long time. Maybe their whole life they did the same kind of job. I really don't think it's like that anymore. There's a lot more mobility. There's a lot more understanding of people needing to find the thing that brings them joy and that they're passionate about and sometimes that changes and sometimes that just changes tack a little bit it's absolutely fine the I think the 
the feeling that students get, particularly when they're coming to the end of their schooling and they need to choose a path. Is it a gap year? Is it university? Is it a trade or a vocation? What is it that they're actually going to sort of do? It's not as critical as it once was, as in restudy, go back. It's not a big deal anymore. Um, I think there was probably one or maybe two what we would call mature age students when I was at university, but that's not the way of the world. There's lots of different ways to study in places and you know, meeting people and travelling and there's all sorts of different things that are equally important. It's not just one thing or another. So, mm. yeah, study music if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> or not, you know. <laughs> Whatever you feel is your calling at the time. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think it's important to follow the thing that you're feeling passionate about mm. within reason. But remember the speed bumps are there for a learning. The speed bump doesn't mean change your mind after two minutes, you know. Mm. You've got to keep going over the speed bumps. <laughs> yeah, noted. Thank you, Miss Cockerell, for your time today. And we'll see you next time, hopefully. Thank <laughs> you so much. It's Thank been you. fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. There are many things today to take away from today's podcast. And one of them is reinstating balance in our life. Music can really help us do that. It can also help us provide a foundation for our life with skills that we can use in school and now after we leave. And also, it's about the speed bumps. It helps us improve our resilience and also our perseverance and discipline. So just like in life, when we reach a tough patch, it's the time to keep going, everybody. So with that being said, we'll see you next time. Hope to see you soon.